Before we get started today, and before we get into our guest, I just wanted to make sure that we were spreading a light on Women's History Month. So I'm wearing my Protect Black Women shirt today because I'm feeling motivated and inspired by the Black women who helped us get to where we are today. Madam C.J. Walker, Harriet Tubman, Rosa Parks, and further names. Um, before... Before we get into our guests, I wanted to make sure I gave everyone a brief update on the Biden administration $1.9 trillion COVID relief plan. That plan includes a $400 million vaccine, which people could, you know, get further testing and use that money for that. It also includes $1,400 stimulus, as well as an additional $400 for unemployment. So that has been in the discussion for the past 11 hours and it is still being talked about, like, what are some of the parameters? So here at the ADOS podcast, we'll, we'll keep you updated and we'll keep you tuned in and locked into some of the policies that's happening on the federal level. Um, make sure you subscribe, like, and share ADOS podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the ADOS podcast. You can find us on Instagram at the ADOS podcast. You can also fo- find us on Spotify at the ADOS podcast. And guess what? You can find us on Apple you guessed it, at the ADOS podcast. All right. So who we have in studio today is a, a professional singer. Like this, this young woman is phenomenal. So we're going to go ahead and introduce her. This is Kia Brown. What's up, Kia? Hi. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Hanging in there. So just tell our audience and viewers a little bit about who you are. Who is Kia Brown? Oh, that's like a loaded question. I don't know what to say. Um, I'm Kia. I'm a young, you know, black actress, singer, dancer. Um, I work with Cruise Lines, not right now, unfortunately, but I am a professional performer on Cruise Lines. And I've been, you know, performing and doing this crazy gig for over a decade. Yeah. Wow. So, so to hear that and do this work over a decade, you have to be exhausted. No, no. I mean, sometimes I have like jobs or shows that I do that I hate or I get tired of if I do them for a long period of time. But it's always so much fun to learn new choreography, memorize lines, meet a new cast, meet new people and um, share and tell my story through performing. Okay. Okay. And you said you did it for Carnival Cruise Line. What what is that for the people who may not know? What is Carnival Cruise Line and what was your role there? Okay, so Carnival Cruise Line is a cruise line. (laughs) Um, And uh, basically what I did was I was a singer and dancer on there. So I was down in Florida for about a month and I learned all of the choreography and all that. And then uh, flew down to South Carolina where one of the cruise ships is. And I stayed there for about eight months um, just performing every night to different shows, different styles and meeting different guests and stuff like that. Wow. So you you did this and you said you've been doing this work over a decade. You look really young. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm 22. I've been with Carnival for about a year. Um, But yeah, since I was in middle school, 12 years old, I've just been doing all the musicals and plays and talent shows and stuff like that. And are you originally from Minnesota? As much as I hate to say it, yes, I am. <laughs> it's 
stupid cold state. It, it is a cold state. It is a cold state. So which part of Minnesota are you from? Um, I'm from the suburbs, Apple Valley, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, rumor has it it gets uh, colder in Apple Valley than it does in the Twin Cities. Is that true? It's ridiculous. I don't even understand, like, why? Why? <laughs> I hate I hate cold weather. <laughs> I'm not suited for this. Yeah, I don't think any performer is uh, necessarily suited for this. But the audience is like, Christian, you would know. You live in Apple Valley, too. Yeah, that's actually why I asked the question. So, um. To, to go into a little bit further detail about you and your performing and growing up in Minnesota, how tough has that been to be a young performer in this state, especially a performer of color? Oh, it's it's super hard. You know, theater is a very competitive. It's a very competitive thing to be a part of. You know, you're always like trying to get the lead or trying to make it into the show in the first place. And also you don't want to be caught lacking, like not knowing your words or not knowing your um, choreography. And so it is very competitive. And I can say that in high school when I was doing theater, it was, it was like hell for me just because I was trying so hard to prove myself because we already know as black people, we have to work twice as hard just to show that we're doing the same kind of work. Um, so it's very competitive and it really is, um, it's difficult to make a name for yourself. <laughs> yeah. So through your experience and not even just the competitive nature of it, because this, this industry of entertainment is very competitive, you know, whether it's in a podcast, whether it's during singing or musicals or um, hosting, you know, it is a competitive industry cross everywhere. It's, it's universal. It's a universal issue. And we all acknowledge that. Um, I just wanted to add, like, do you feel like you had to work twice as hard because you were young and because you were in such a competitive industry? Was there any a point, any point in time you felt like you weren't good enough? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, in high school, um, I was working twice as hard just to prove that I could do, th do things and um, try and, like, get a lead role. Um, but then as I got into the actual professional world, like when I started working on cruise ships, um, I was the youngest, I was one of the youngest people hired um, to be a performer. And I'm self-taught, like I taught myself how to sing, I taught myself my dancing skills and all of that. And so, um, you know, going in as the youngest person and not having that professional professional experience, it was really difficult for me to try and feel like I fit in and show people that I fit in. So yeah, I was definitely working twice as hard after eight hour rehearsal days. I would go home and go right to my room and learn it all again and teach myself the stuff just so I could be extra prepared for the next day. Wow. And yeah. uh, some, something that you said was, you know, you're self-taught. Like mm -hmm. you, you taught yourself how to dance and you taught yourself how to sing. And I'm sure you had, you know, idols that you watched and you grew up, you know, listening to and admiring. Who are some of those idols and how did you stay motivated to teach yourself these things? Oh, my goodness. I couldn't even I couldn't even give you. A list of the people that I idolize, like um, 
I can't even, I'm literally, my mind is blinking right now just thinking about it. But yeah, what I did basically was um, I did a couple of voice lessons, but you know, they're very expensive and I have a lot of siblings and I'm not going to, you know, waste money on something where I can teach it to myself. So basically what I would do when I was teaching myself how to sing, I would go on YouTube and find the musical theater songs that I liked and a three minute video, I would take three hours listening to it just over and over again, seeing how that person was singing it and like how their mouth was shaped and how loud they were singing. And then I would teach myself how to do that almost. Um, and then with dancing, it just is the same thing. Like I'll watch a YouTube video that's two minutes and it'll take me four hours and I'll just keep rewinding and learning the steps and doing it in my bed or like putting it up on my TV and dancing in my room until I felt like I had it perfect. So that's, that's really just how I taught myself. Yeah. So I'm thinking about it practice you hear that audience <laughs> practice kia said that you know she she watched different different people sing watched the way of their mouth how their pitches go and it's all it all goes into the preparation so could you talk a little bit more about preparation whether it's just in your experience or in general like what does that take we know it takes time but what are some of the outside things that you need to prepare before you go on a stage and perform Oh my goodness. I mean, obviously, yeah, it takes, it, it takes time, but um, just like determination and not wanting to quit. Something about myself is that I work really hard for things that I love and like I put that before anything else. And so performing is above anything else for me because it's something that I love so much and something that I really want to excel at. And I want to make a name for myself, which is why I work so hard and spend you know, hours watching videos over and over again, but I like, you do need money. <laughs> it's not a cheap thing. You know, when I first, um, I took a gap year before I dropped out, I took a gap year and um, I was waking up at 4am every day and working at a coffee shop. And then the cash that I would get from my tips would go into my gas money and I would drive to Wisconsin to go and do shows or I would drive you know, 45 minutes away to um, go and audition for stuff just so I could get my name out there. And even if it was a show that I knew I wasn't good for, I still drove and spent that money to go and have people see me. Um, and it also takes a lot of money because when you go to auditions, you have to bring your own music. So, you know, you got to print out a lot of sheet music. I have literally four binders sitting right here on my banister. Um, and it, it's just full of sheet music that I had to, you know, print out. And um, yeah, you just have to have the will to want to keep going because it is it is difficult and you can audition for stuff and not get the job. You can um, be told, I've been told before in auditions, they're like, sorry, but we're not looking for someone of your color and stuff like that. And you know, you really just have to have that will to keep going and want to do better and want to be better and want to prove yourself. Yeah. And I, I think you're absolutely doing that. You know, I could, I could hear how passionate you are, not just about your form of music, but just music in general, you know, mm -hmm. the, the study time, um, yeah. the, the reviewing materials over and over again. And one thing that you said to me that was key uh, was the hardships of saying that I'm, I'm working a regular job and money that I get in tips, 
I will use that tip money. I'm, I'm going to use a different word. I'm going to invest that, yeah. temp one, that, that tip money into something that I love doing. And that is shows in Wisconsin or shows wherever the case may be. So when, when I think about that experience, I think about everyone else in the world who have, who makes little money, but they invest in themselves yeah. to make more money. And, and that's what I heard you say. And that's something that I really admire about you is how driven you are. Because with tip money, people could be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go buy some new clothes. I'm going to go get my hair done. I'm going to do my nails. And you, like Kia. Now, Kia, I'm going to go perform in Wisconsin. So that is a beautiful message for our viewers and listeners to, you know, to listen to. And here at the ADOS podcast, we always reinforce not only the road for people to get where they ultimately want to be, and that's somewhat my definition of success because it looks so different. It's like my definition of success is where people ultimately want to be. Mm-hmm. And that that's a universal definition that anyone could relate to. So I, I kind of went on a tangent in a little bit, but could you tell me what your definition of success is? Um, my definition of success would just be meeting my goals or meeting my goals and being happy. Um, since I was 12, I've always said, I want to be on Broadway. I want to be a professional performer and I want to continue to share and tell my story and tell other stories through performing. Um, and so I've been able to do that. So I felt I've, I've felt successful, you know, being able to become a professional performer, being able to still be able to perform and now, you know, making that tough road to try and get on, Broadway and whatever happens after that happens, you know, but um, yeah, my definition of success would just be meeting my goals and feeling happy and secure in what I'm doing. Okay. And that's, that's so beautifully stated. And I'm going to tell you, Broadway, look out because Kia's is on her way if she's not there already. I'm actually quite shocked that, that they have not given you a call yet. You know, I saw a couple of your shows and I was like, Wow. Like, I'm not much of a crier, not because I'm a guy or anything, and we know it's it's Women's History Month. I'm not saying that because of a, I'm a guy. I'm just saying, like, normally I don't cry as much as I should, and I know that I should. But watching you perform, I think, was the closest I've got to crying in a long time. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> You're going to make me tear up. Oh, my goodness. No, I'm, I'm serious. And I, I really do mean that. It's not for the cameras or anything. If you guys um, really just see how much of amazing talent that, that Kia is and how much we, we heard about how much work she's putting into it. And you after this, people are going to follow you. They're going to they're going to do they're going to hit your pages up. So we're going to. Towards the end of the video, we're going to have Kia um, drop some some information about things she's doing, whether it's a YouTube channel, a blog or whatever. But we're going to we're going to reinforce, make sure everyone follows you. But to to get back to our interview and if you don't if you don't mind. I'm going to ask, has COVID impacted your journey on Carnival? Yes, <laughs> I've I've been out of work for a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, because cruise lines are obviously shut down. So it, 
it's been very difficult, you know, um, not being able to do the one thing that I love the most because there aren't a lot of performing jobs open right now. You know, Broadway's been closed for over a year. All cruise lines are shut down. Um, there aren't any like plays or musicals happening anywhere, um, which is what I do. And I can't do that. So it really is hard to try and find the will to keep going when you can't go anywhere or do anything. Um, so I've just been trying to find other outlets like posting, singing stuff on YouTube or singing to myself in my room or doing something like that. But it COVID has been very difficult. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, the reason I asked about that is because there are a lot of performers who who idolize you, like some of the performers you idolized on YouTube, and they're going through the same exact thing. So I just wanted to make sure here at the ADOS podcast, we wanted to tell you that you are not alone on this journey and that, you know, any any ways you're dealing with it and any helpful outlets that you are doing to, I don't want to use the word distract, but to take your mind off of, you know, you not being able to necessarily do what you love the way you love it and how you love it. And um, I wanted, I wanted to just hear you out on that because other people are in the same predicament. I was going to say yeah. on the same boat, but that would have been a pun intended. <laughs> but um, no, it's... Um, <laughs> It's just it's just something that really can get to people. You know, it's yeah. a it's a it's a psychological approach for for someone to say, I this is all I know really, and this is what I'm comfortable and passionate about. And for me not to be able to do it for X amount of months or even a year, it can be um it can be a lot. It can, it yeah. could be really heavy on on the shoulders of our performers out there. So if you're a performer who's experienced some of the same things, hang in there, find other outlets, because this is only the beginning. Definitely. Yeah. And um I also I also want to ask, what what are some of your favorite shows you perform? And and what is like a funny a funny performance story you have? You ever fell on stage? Um yes. You know how <laughs> <laughs> not not acting was it like an unintentional stumble or something you had to figure it out yes on the cruise ship i was walking down the steps while i was singing and i fell oh and everyone in the audience was like oh my gosh and i just had to keep going but i wanted to cry <laughs> it was so bad um favorite shows that i've performed um well i've done hairspray like four times so obviously i love that show a lot um one of my favorite plays was called The Pillow Man. It's a very, very dark, it's a very, very dark play. I don't suggest any anyone. Well, I do suggest you read it, but also <laughs> be cautioned. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, it's very dark. But it's, um, I got the lead in that one. I was the understudy, though, but <laughs> I got to do the show. <laughs> and um, it's basically about um, a guy who writes really, really dark um, books about children being murdered in different ways. <laughs> Um, and then kids actually start to get murdered in those ways. So he gets taken in and, you know, he's trying to figure it or people are, they're trying to figure out if he's the one who did it because he wrote these books and he caused someone to start doing this. And it has a very, very, very dark twist at the end, but it was, that was a really good show that, oh, how do I word this? It was 
a show that I really love doing because I was able to tap into a different mindset, you know, and become this person who writes books like this, even though that's not the kind of person I am and um, like live his trauma and go through that and try and become that person. Sorry, that was very long. I'm sorry. No, 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 no need to apologize here at the ADOS podcast. Like time, <laughs> time. No, we, we, we value everything. We want to hear everything because it's <laughs> minute details that actually could determine, you know, someone else's outcome. So yeah. no, no need to apologize here. We, uh, we love the stories. And one thing I would say about um, some of those dark productions, <laughs> they can be really entertaining. Yeah, you know, I I've been to a, a, a few dry, um, I've been to a few dry productions, and I wish it was more darkness or like a heavy twist because yeah. it's like as you watch it, I have a problem with time. Some some of them can be long and lengthy, but it's like if you watch it and you're like fully engaged and like, <gasps> like what's the suspense? I want to know more. I want to see the end of this. Um, that that definitely keeps me coming back at least to to watch some musicals and things. So thank you for sharing that. Um, do you have anything else you you want the audience to know about you or to any advice you have? You know, just that no matter how hard things are and no matter what you have to go through, if it's something that you love to do, don't let anyone or anything stop you from doing that, you know? Um, Last year, since uh, that was my start on cruise ships and stuff and me being the youngest, I had to work really hard to prove myself and prove my worth. And I also went through hell on the cruise ship, still trying to prove myself and just the way I was treated sometimes and auditioning for different shows, you know, being told, oh, we don't need someone of your color here or people telling me that I don't have proper training because I taught myself. Um, so you know, people are going to try and stop you and try, try and knock you down. But, you know, I can say me without professional training, I became a, pro I became a professional performer, me without professional training, I'm doing something that I love, and I'm excelling at it. And I'm happy with what I'm doing. And, you know, performing, I feel like gets knocked down on because it's not always like a stable job. You know, it's not something that's always a guarantee and that's definitely been proven with COVID and you know a lot of us not working but if it's something that you love to do and something that you want to do then it will work itself out and you'll find a way to be happy and feel comfortable and secure in what you're doing. Wow I I, I have I have goosebumps just by listening <laughs> to that because it is it is so true you know, we, we have to keep going as a people, as a society, especially for people who look like us. You know, the world wasn't created necessarily for the ADOS community. And we talk here all the time, Elijah and I talk here all the time about, you know, the communication, the reparations and everything that it takes. And of course, we don't have all the answers, but we have a pretty good understanding of how we want to be treated and how we want to be viewed as people. And I bring that up because um, I wanted to to transition and pivot a little bit into talking not necessarily about failures, but you hinted at it earlier when you were talking about some of the shows you didn't get. Mm -hmm. You know, how did you deal with that of not being discouraged and saying, I'm just going to go for another show, 
versus saying I'm giving up music? Um, you know, in high school and stuff, when I didn't get a show, I just was, or well, I did get into the shows, but like if I didn't get like a role I wanted, of course, I would be upset for a couple of days, but then I would think, well, at least I still got into the show and I can find something that, you know, will give me joy and I'm still being able to perform. Um, and it definitely got a lot harder once I left high school and started like actually pursuing this, you know, because then it was like, oh, I actually have to be in an audition room with a bunch of people who are older than me and I've just graduated high school and they know more than me. And it, it was, it was very hard and people who audition are very tough because they're sometimes really mean to you when you don't get, when you don't get um, a role or when you don't get into the show, like um, they say some really discouraging things to you. Um, when I was first starting out and I was buying sheet music and stuff, I used to have the people playing the piano for me tell me that um, my, my pieces were cheap and that I could have afforded to spend a couple more dollars on a better book. And um, like I said before, I've had people tell me that they don't need people of my color um, to be in a show. I've, <laughs> um, I've had people just say no because I look too young and they want someone older and more experienced and stuff like that. So it's really hard. And sometimes when I go for a job that I really, really want, and I spend a lot of time preparing for it, and I don't get it. I do fall into a little like three day, three day hole where I'm like, I should just give up now. It's over. It's whatever. But then another opportunity always comes up, and I realize like, don't let this one thing stop you from what you spent a decade working for. Yeah, because you're you're building a legacy. You know, it, it starts with you, and then as you progress in life, it becomes more of a family thing that you could pass on and focusing on, on family and focusing on what you love mm -hmm. to build for what you're trying to ultimately gain out of it is really important and key. And I, I'll be the first to tell you, Minnesota is a, is a beautiful state, a fairly, you know, wealthy state compared to most. And when I, when I got here, the first thing I noticed was, how much talent was in this state alone? You know, I'm originally from Washington, D.C., and I grew up in Maryland. So to when I, when I came here, it was like I stepped into a Juilliard in New York City. Because no matter, yeah, I, and I know it's a fair comparison. People are probably like, Christian, you're, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. But I'm like, I know exactly what I'm talking about because I have a lot of friends and I know a lot of people who are into this industry and it's organic, you know, mm. it's not something it's, it's effortless for them. And because it's so effortless, they make it look easy when actually the work that they're doing is hard. And you are in that category, Kia, because when, when I watch you perform, you, it's just so effortless. It comes natural. It's organic. You don't have to try hard. And I think part of the reason you had some of those hardships on your cruise line is because people saw that. People probably viewed you and it's like, wow, she's 22. I'm like 34. I've been doing this for a decade plus. And then, and I, and I had to learn this. I didn't even, it didn't even come naturally. But when they see someone who's, who's as vocal, vibrant, creative, and competent as you are, 
that that scares me and I'm not even in the industry. So <laughs> it it is definitely um one of those situations where if it's unintentional, people are just not gonna like your style because there's an ability that they wish they had that you have that they don't necessarily have. And yeah. I'm I'm sure you experience that. You don't have to name drop, but could you just give me a situation and when you felt like and I and I know from you could feel when someone is not necessarily feeling you and mm-hmm. when you're performing you have a role as an individual, but it's also about the collective. You know, right. it's also about everyone who's in there from one of the orphans hiding under the bed and Annie has just as big as role as Annie, mm-hmm. you know? So could you just talk a little bit about an experience or give us an experience when you felt like someone didn't like you because of how you were? Um, well, when I was talking about like the cruise ship and me getting there, you know, the cast that I was with, I was the youngest. I had just turned 20. Um, and I was obviously very nervous to get there because again, being youngest and not having a lot of professional experience, I just felt like I had to prove myself a little bit more. Um, and those cast members, they saw that as my weakness and they called me out on it a lot. And um, a lot of the time when I was rehearsing or learning stuff, they would make fun of me for not having like the pointed toes or the pointed hands and told me that, you know, I just needed to go back home and take more classes and do better next time. And it was really disheartening, you know, like we're all working together. We all live in, we all live in the same space on this ship for eight months and in Florida for a month. And it's disheartening to be around those people every day who are constantly trying to drag you down and do it because they know it hurts you. And that's what, that's what they did. Um, and I really was feeling discouraged and I just wanted to come home and I didn't, I wanted to be back, you know, in Minnesota being a, a big fish in a small pond rather than a small fish in a big pond. Um, you know, and so it took me a couple months to get used to that, but then, you know, I started being like, wait, I, I deserve to be here. I'm, yeah, I'm the youngest and yeah, I don't have professional experience, but I still got the job because I deserve to be here because I am talented enough to do this. And once I told that to myself and recognized that and named it, you know, I got more confidence and I was able to sort of um, fight back and stand my ground. And when they would make fun of me or call me out, I would just tell them, you know, no one else has said anything about it. No guests have come up and talked about my dancing. They actually compliment me and tell me that I'm one of the best. So I know that you're just saying this to hurt me and I'm not going to let you do that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I'm not going to add to your experience, but there's something I, I would like to add to that. Um, although you, you went through that, I feel like it probably made you stronger than ever. Definitely. Yeah, because this this industry being so competitive, mm-hmm. it's like you're going to need, you know, you're going to need to be rough at times. You're going to need to be, you know, straightforward and aggressive. And it sucks because if that's not your character, you're like, well, that's another skill that I have to learn how to do. But because yeah. it's so competitive, 
And because everyone in this industry feel like they're the greatest ever, which if you don't feel like you're the greatest ever in this industry, you probably won't be the greatest ever. You know, it's like one of those conversations where you could you could ask someone who's boxing right now and they'd be like, well, who's the greatest of all time? We're not going to go too deep into that. But like if I was a boxer and somebody asked me, it's me. You know, that's what I want to be. I want to be there. I'm going to be there. And if I had that mindset now, eventually I would be there. Right. And Yep. So and I and I think other parts of success come with that. You know, it could be viewed as arrogance to to somebody. I mean, tone is everything. Right. So if you're not coming off like a jerk about it, then it should be fine. And people should understand. Like, that's my way of thinking, because that's where I see myself going. Yeah. And maybe for me, <clears throat> it's stupid about like the whole Minnesota nice thing. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, I love to give people the benefit of the doubt. And even if I know I'm talented and I know I can do things well, I'm so not going to boast about it. Like you have to be humble. So when you go into auditions, obviously it's nerve wracking because you're there with like a hundred other people who are striving for the same thing that you are and are working as hard as you are. And you don't want to let your guard down let your guard down and show people that you're nervous, but you also don't want to walk in there like the most arrogant person in the world. Like everyone can go home. I'm already going to get the role. I know it. Like you still have to, it's just all about being humble and being secure in yourself and what you're doing. Yeah. And, um, I think, I think the arrogance behavior that some people feel like it just comes with, it just comes with being a performer. It's not true. You know, you could be a performer and be relatively relative to your audience. You know, you want them to continue to support you, whether it's in ticket sales or whether it's just, you know, following up like, hey, you know, I idolize you. Let's go out for coffee or something like that. And I'm glad you you brought that up because here at the ADOS uh, podcast, we're more of community based and like updating the community on different things that's happening at different events. And to the next Kia Brown, who's, you know, looking up to you right now, maybe you know who that person is, maybe you don't. Like, how would you engage that person if they were to reach out to you? I know you talked about advice, so you didn't have to give general advice, but how, like, how would you have, will there be an ongoing relationship? I think that's what I'm asking. Would it be yeah. like some type of supportive mentorship or guidance that you could have as they further in their career, as well as as you further, you know, in your career? Yeah, 100%. Like, I would just feel honored if anyone ever reached out to me for help or advice or some mentorship. You know, I would always be there to keep pushing them through. If they need me to listen to something that they have to sing for an audition, I will be there to listen to it if they need um someone to memorize lines with I'll be there to help them memorize because it's it's always just about having like a good support system and someone who believes in you and um like for me I I was the first one in my family to start performing and doing that and so I sort of had to learn it on my own and learn how to do things and learn how to find auditions and get shows and stuff like that and it's hard to do it enough on your own and it it's just so nice to have someone else there to um, understand what you're going through and give you tips and helpful hints. And I would 100% like, I would be there. Like I, I honestly would just feel honored that anyone would reach out to me and ask me for help. 
You heard it here. Kia would be honored to hear from you. We at the ADOS podcast would also be honored to hear from you. So make sure you stay up to date on our interviews as well as on Kia. And we're going to drop some information shortly. And before we uh, get ready to close here, Kia, because I want to be respectful of your time, we're going to ask about some of the the fun things you got to do on Carnival Cruise Line. You don't have to be on edge. It's not scary. We're just going to ask, like, what what were some of your, your funnest times on a cruise? Like, did you ever jump from the second floor into a pool on, on deck? Or um, is there a favorite country that, you, that you've been to that you want to talk about? Like, what was the uh, yeah. fun, the funness? We want to hear it. Um, the first time I was in, Berm- I, oh my gosh, I feel weird being like the first time I was in Bermuda, but the first <laughs> time I was in Bermuda, I actually got to go cliff jumping and that was very fun. I can't swim. So I wasn't really good at like the hitting the water part, but, and I'm also very terrified of heights. So I was very scared, but I've never cliff jumped before. And so that was fun. Um, and I think the first time I've ever been to a beach uh, you know, because we're in Minnesota, it's basically like lakes and rocks that we call a beach, but it's not really. So my first time getting into actual actual like salt beach water um, was so fun. And just being able to visit a new country every day and perform every night. It's like that's my dream life is to be able to travel and do what I love. And I got to do that. And it was incredible. Like I couldn't have asked for, I can't ask for a better job at at this point in my life because I'm literally able to travel every day and perform every night and do it all over again the next day. Like it's incredible. Yeah. And we know how, how awesome you are, but we could also be honest here on the ADOS podcast and you were compensated for it too. So it's definitely the best of both worlds saying that, yeah, I get to see countries. I get to have discounts at different places. Like we know that benefit package is amazing. So let, let's not hold that away. Cause the people want to know about that as well. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's all love and jokes here at the ADOS podcast. Um, Kia, this has uh, been a tremendous interview. I want to thank you for taking the time with us this morning. I want to um, give you a, a happy Women's History Month to you. Uh, continue all the great endeavors and beautiful things that you're doing for the community, for yourself, for your family. You are all over the place. And for people who don't know you, they need to know you because you have arrived. So before we uh, end, just make sure you uh, tell our audience and viewers uh, just some of your social medias where they could find you and support you. Okay. Um, I don't think I even know like my own social media names, <laughs> but I have an Instagram. Sorry, I'm looking at my phone right now to figure it out, but I have an Instagram. It's Kia Brown, K-double-I, and then brown like the color. Um, and I'm on YouTube at Nikia Brown, um, N-I-K-I-A Brown. Um, yeah, those are the two social medias I, I use the most. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So we want to, we want to thank you for your time and, um, we'll, we'll see you around. Hopefully we can get you on a show again, uh, yeah. to reiterate, cause we can't stop iterating enough here at the ADOS podcast, but happy women's history month. <laughs>